Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 107 with Dr. Beverly Kay. Bev had some great, unique insights into what she calls stay interviews, how to do them, what to ask, how to ask, and how it goes down and the tremendous results it can have for retention, either you staying in the same spot and being more fulfilled or your direct reports wanting to stick around with you longer. So you're going to learn one, why you should conduct a stay interview instead of just an exit interview, two, how to ask your manager for what you really need to stay. And three, the top reasons that employees stay versus go. So if you'd like to check out the show notes, the transcripts, or the links to items that we mentioned here, drop on by awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep107. And while you're there, I encourage you to stay as well and encounter some of the handy resources from my 10 Days to Winning at Work email course that has my favorite tips and tricks from my training that slashes waste out of your week to the Gold Nugget email summaries, which summarize the prescriptive wisdom of each podcast guest in a note you can read in under two minutes to my training programs and other cool stuff all over there at awesomeatyourjob.com. So here's a quick bit about Bev, founder and chairwoman of Career International. Dr. Beverly Kay is an international bestselling author and a leading authority in the world of modern workplace performance. She's dedicated her life's work to helping individuals and organizations grow in a workplace that fosters greater commitment, fulfillment, and humanity. Beverly Kay and the CSI team provide cutting-edge and award-winning talent development solutions, primarily to Fortune 1000 companies. Her work and research are distinguished and widely recognized for helping others discover greater meaning in their work and gain greater control over their career destinies. Dr. Kay completed her graduate work at MIT's Sloan School of Management and holds her doctorate from UCLA. Here is Dr. Beverly Kay. Bev, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. You're welcome. Nice to join you. Oh, certainly. Well, it's great to have you. And I was really enjoying this preparation, particularly because of all your fun book titles. You know, they have a dash of clever and whimsy to them, such as (laughs) Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go or love them or lose them and (laughs) or hello stay interviews goodbye talent loss i just got a kick out of these and so tell me is there a backstory to your approach on titling things and what's the name of your latest to come and how do you think about all that well you know it's interesting i work with a publisher who believes that the entire book should be told in the title not the subtitle but the title Okay. And so the title has to capture everything because nowadays people are so crammed and so busy. They read the title, they turn the book over, look at the back cover maybe, and say, got it. So with each title, I wanted the person who looked at the title to say, got it. And as you just said, you love them or you lose them. <laughs> you, know, you help them grow or they are going to go. You know, you... Try a stay interview or you're going to lose talent. And the newest book that we just submitted is really using the title of a book I wrote 35 years ago. 
And that title is still like a slogan that I've used ever since and others use. And the title is, Up is Not the Only Way. All right. And it is about career mobility. And the title, again, says it all, that managers and leaders and individual contributors have to know there are many more ways to grow in their career other than up. Okay. Well, thank you. And it does tell the story because I'm already sort of imagining lateral moves and mixing it up and side maneuvers and all that. So understood. I'm glad that you're getting the image because then we picked a good title. Indeed. So can you tell us one of your latest, you're talking about stay interviews. Can you tell us what does that term mean and the premise behind it? Well, the term really came from the research we did for Love or Malusum. And when we wrote Love or Malusum, we wanted it to be a grabber for leaders and managers. And for leaders and managers who were overwhelmed with the day-to-day. And so Sharon and I wrote that book actually three times and all three ways bored us to tears. And then we got the idea of organizing all our data according to the alphabet. Mm. So Love or Lusum is written around the 26 letters of the alphabet and every letter stands for a strategy. And the first strategy was A is for ask. Ask your people why they stay. And ask your people why they would go. And that caught on so much as we made presentations on a global scale. And what I love doing in my keynotes and our trainers in their workshops is saying to managers in the room, when do you say to employee, what can I do to keep you? And everybody says, at the exit interview. And then we say, well, now, why do it at the exit interview? Why not do it at a stay interview? Yeah. And why not do it frequently and often and get that data sooner so that you can keep your people longer instead of the exit interview when it's usually too late? That makes great sense sort of intuitively. Like, yes, we should do that. I'm wondering, is there some hard data that backs that up in terms of maybe something you've seen with your clients or a case study or research that's been published on this topic? There absolutely is. And we have been doing research on the subject of retention since the late 90s. And what we learned is employees will often say, my manager never noticed. My manager didn't realize Mm. that I was bored silly with my job. My manager never said, how's it going? My manager never said, what would you like me to do more to support you? And I finally gave up and left. And over and over and over again, we got that data. And that's what led us to say, hey, managers need to keep asking certain questions. Mm -hmm. And once they recruit someone, they need to immediately start re-recruiting and asking things like, is this what you came for? What are you getting that you don't want? What are you getting that you're thrilled about, et cetera? So it came from reading many, many, many of the exit interviews that people fill out and interviewing people when they went to their next job. Oh, that's great. And so I'm curious to hear then if it seems very sensible and there's hard data backing it up, 
Yet this doesn't seem to be, as far as I know, a tremendously common practice. Is that fair to say or am I just not in the know here? No, it's not a common practice. And you know, what I often say is this is all common sense that is uncommonly practiced. And isn't that a shame? Oh, it is. Like when I am in front of an audience, and now my work is mainly big keynotes, but we have a team of trainers around the globe, we want managers to kind of knock themselves in the head and say, that's easy. I could do that. Why didn't I think of that? And I know that my company is delivering something good and right when a manager says, hey, I could do that. That's not rocket science. And none of this is. Stay interviews make complete sense. And we just have to remind managers to do it. All right. So you think that's the main holdup? It's just a little bit out of sight, out of mind that they're not thinking about it? I think it is. I think you mean ask that question? And then I'll hear from managers, do I ask it of all my people or just the ones I don't want to lose? I say, well, ideally, all of your people. But if you're tight on time, start with the ones that are most critical. And don't just ask. Ask and heavenly forbid, listen to what the answer is. Because baked in that answer is your next question or maybe a to-do item for you to do in collaboration with that employee. That sounds great. So I'd love to hear what are some answers that are common because I imagine there may be a bit of fear or resistance because they say, well, they're just going to say they want a promotion or more money or more responsibility. I'm not equipped to offer that right now. So I don't want to go there just yet. But do you get many answers that are quite different than that? Or how do you deal with that kind of tricky piece there? You know, well, we said to managers, what keeps you from asking these simple questions? And one of the things managers say is, well, if I ask a question, it's going to put ideas in their heads. And I want to say, duh, they already have those ideas. They're already talking to their friends. They're already bellyaching (laughs) about things that you do or that the company doesn't give them. Why not check out what's going on with them? Our managers say, well, it's not my style to have that kind of conversation. I'd say, well, you better make it your style. And if you're uncomfortable... Say to the employee, hey, you know, I'm a technical guy. I'm not comfortable asking you these mushy kind of questions, (laughs) but I don't want to lose you. So bear with me while I ask you some of those softer questions because, boy, you are important to me. And I want to know what would make you pick up the telephone for a headhunter, you know, and what could I do that I'm not thinking of? So it's interesting. And some, you know, managers say to me, gosh, if I asked a question like that, my employees would say, what book did you just read? (laughs) And I say, tell them you read a book. Tell them you listened to a podcast and tell them you did it because you know how important their talent is to the team and you don't want to lose them. Mm -hmm. And then managers say, what if they ask me for something that I just can't deliver on, like a raise? And I say, then tell them the truth. Say, I can't deliver on that right now. Salaries are frozen. But boy, I really care 
about keeping you on my team and with this organization. What else matters other than that raise? What other small things could I maybe do that I don't have to get permission for? And if you ask what else three or four times, you will get a list of things, a laundry list that is important to people that some of which might be easy for you to grant. All right. Excellent. Well, could you give us an example? Like what are some other commonly occurring things that pop up when folks engage in these conversations? Well, maybe it's, hey, there's a conference going on that I would really love to attend. And if you could, you know, let me attend it, I'd come back and give a report to the whole team. You know, or maybe it's, hey, the big problem with me is my kid just got accepted for the pro soccer team and I really want to show up at her games. And it means I have to leave work early on Thursdays. And I was afraid to ask, well, let's Mm. figure out how we can make that happen. So sometimes they're small things and sometimes they're bigger things. And if you can't deliver on it, you've got to say, what else? Okay. Simple enough. I think that's critical. Well, then I'm curious to hear then, let's say you're on the other side of the coin, you know, a person who is maybe considering leaving or has some issues, some concerns. If we're not being proactively sort of asked in a stay interview, do you have any pro tips on how you might give voice to those concerns and get some of those accommodations flowing your way? So, you know, it's interesting. When we wrote Love Them or Lose Them, managers said, well, this is a great book. It's got great tips, but isn't there a responsibility for the employee? And we said, hell yes, there is. (laughs) And we wrote a book called Love It, Don't Leave It, 26 Ways to Get What You Want at Work. And in that book, we use the same alphabet, only we flipped it to the employee. And again, we say, ask, ask for what you want and ask for what you want in a way that a manager has a hard time saying no. Ask with solutions. Don't ask them to fix it. Ask with alternatives so that if the manager can't do one thing, they can do something else. Ask specifically, like don't say, you know, I'm not turned on to my job anymore, you know, I'm getting bored, but say here's specifically what, you know, I procrastinate the most about that I would love to pass on to somebody else. And ask for time. Say to your manager, could I get 20 minutes within the next week to talk to you about what would make my job more enriching, endearing to me. Yeah. So I think managers need to ask and employees need to ask. Okay. Well, that sounds great. And so tell me when you mentioned that 20 minutes there, any pro tips or perspectives on finding that time? If it seems like there's so much, you know, go, 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 deliverable, deliverable, urgency, fire drills going on. How do you find that time for this good people process development stuff? You know, on the point of view of the manager, I would say, make the time, you know, or I would say, how long will it take you to replace that person if they leave? How long will it take you to recruit and find an interview and bring someone new on? 
And if you go, oh, my gosh, then maybe spending time now, even five minutes, you know, and maybe you do those stand-up meetings and you say to an employee, I want a five-minute stand-up meeting with you. And I want to just learn what was the best part of last week. Now, that would be a great stay interview question. Or what was the best part of projects over? Just five minutes on the best part of the project for you and the worst part of the project for you. And that's data for me about what's important to you. Oh, that's great. And well, so now we've covered some of the key pieces associated with the stay interviews. Then that was one of 26 strategies. Could you share maybe one or two quick other strategies that you think really offers a big return on your effort when it comes to retention? You know, one of the biggest strategies is around career. And that's why I've spent so much time on it in Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go or in the new book that's coming. And that is, my career is the main reason I join an organization. I think you're going to be good for my career growth. And one of the major reasons I leave an organization is because you don't look like you're going to be good for my career growth. I can't see my future in your future. I don't see a game plan here. And many employees leave, and I've read enough research that tells me they leave because they don't see that future. And no manager ever sat down with them to talk about that future. Okay. So I think that a career is a critical strategy. And employees who don't feel there's growth for them will leave. And I can assure your listeners, not just my research, but all the other big research says the same thing. Okay. And so I guess I'm wondering then, in practice, you ask the question, you have the conversation about what they want from the future and how that could be provided. And I guess what's tricky is sometimes something just needs to keep getting done and there's not an obvious opportunity for a person to move on to and move into. Do you have any creative tips and tricks for when organizations find themselves in that scenario? So on the topic of nothing to move on to or into is a great whine, spelled (laughs) W-H-I-N-E. I hear from employees, and I wrote an article titled a long time ago, What's on Your Wine List? And I spelled it W-H-I-N-E. So one big wine for employees is that my career means I have to move out of something and into something else instead of looking for growth right where I am. In other words, the current terrain is fertile soil. And that's the title of one of the chapters in the new book. That development doesn't mean I get a new job or I go to a training or I, you know, get something new on my list of to-dos. It means I figure out how I can grow right where I am. And I do that. And that readies me for the future. Okay. Thank you. Well, Bev, tell me, is there anything else you want to make sure we cover off before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things here? You know, I think that I've been doing this work 
for, gosh, almost 40 years. And I've built the niche of engagement, development, and retention. And it's never left me high and dry. In other words, there's always been new ways to think about engagement, retention, and career development, and new ways that I'm stimulated to think about those ideas. So I love that I happen to pick a niche that I think is always green. It's evergreen. And I keep learning about it all the time. That is handy. Absolutely. In the training biz, you don't want something that's a quick sort of maybe a regulation that comes and goes. It's like, oh, nah, nothing else to say about that because it's obsolete. Right. Certainly. Exactly. People need people and to stick around and be engaged for probably ever <laughs> until our species right. is no more. <laughs> right, right. Well, then, could you start us off by sharing a favorite quote, something you find inspirational? A favorite quote. You know, I like the quote, love what you do and do what you love. I have it hanging above the door from my office to my assistant's office. And I think if you don't love what you do, boy, it's going to affect you in your health. It's going to affect you in your communication with your family and your friends, and it's going to show. So you can't ever love all of what you do. I mean, I pull my hair out many a day, and I look out my window, and I think I'm going to jump out of it, but it's on the first floor, so that wouldn't help. (laughs) So I don't always love what I do, and I can't always do what I love, but most of the time, I can And that keeps me healthy. Oh, perfect. I think mentally and emotionally and physically. Okay, thank you. And how about a favorite study or experiment or a piece of research? I love reading other people's research. And I'm always collecting the latest book on the latest thing. And I'll tell you, there is a book written a while ago by Alan Weber. He was the co-founder of Fast Company magazine, and he wrote a book called Rules of Thumb, 52 Truths for Winning at Business Without Losing Yourself. And I thought the rules were great. And they connect with me like, I just opened his book, Rule Number 23, Keep Two Lists. What gets you up in the morning and what keeps you up at night? That's a great rule. And rule number 14, you don't know if you don't go. So go try it. So he's got a great little book and you might want to reach out to him and interview him and tell him that I sent you. Oh, thank you. Well, it does sound interesting. And could you share with us a favorite tool, whether that's a product or service or app or thought framework that you find yourself using often? You know, my company has a values tool that we have used for many, many years. We've, you know, touched it up here and there, but basically it's the same tool. And it says, what do you really value? And is that delivered in your current job? And it makes for a great conversation tool between manager and employee. 
And it reminds me that, you know, I have an intern sitting with me in my office. I'm going to give her the values instrument before she leaves my office today. Okay. (laughs) Because we haven't had that conversation. Well, you're on your way. Yeah. And how about a favorite habit, a personal practice of yours that helps you be more awesome at your job? (laughs) Well, I have to walk on my treadmill for 30 minutes every morning that I'm here. I travel a lot. And while I walk on my treadmill, I have to watch NBC News because I've been watching them for years and I have to read People magazine simultaneously. Okay. (laughs) So that's my hit in the morning, watching the news and reading People magazine. Oh, fun. Thank you. And would you say there's a particular tidbit or quote from you, an articulation of your message that really seems to resonate, to get retweeted, to get folks taking furious notes all of a sudden in your keynotes? Just the quote, I just because I just used it in the phone call before this, is that opportunity still knocks. It just opens different doors. And maybe that sums up the work I've done over 40 years. Always saying there's always opportunities. Okay. You know, there are doors always open to you, but you've got to turn the handle. Got you. What would you say is the best way for folks to contact you or get in touch and learn more? So Career Systems has a website, Career Systems International. Come check it out. On the website, you will see many videos, many other podcasts, etc. And my email is beverly.k at Career Systems INTL for International. Oh, thank you. And do you have a final parting thought or challenge call to action for those seeking to be more awesome at their jobs? I would say do something with one or two of the ideas I gave you. Do something and do it by the end of the day tomorrow. If you don't put something into operation, you'll lose all of this. So do it and do it quickly. Do it by the end of tomorrow. Okay, thank you. Bev, this has been a whole lot of fun. I wish you lots of luck with your existing and upcoming books and your keynotes and everything you're up to. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to do this. Just ask. Take the time. Makes a lot of good sense. So once again, if you want to check out the show notes or the transcripts or the links to the books and things we discussed here, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP107. And I do encourage you to punch the subscribe button so you don't miss hearing from folks like our next guest. We've got Professor Andy Molinsky, and he has got a hot new book that's dropping, if I could say that, releasing in mere days. It is called Reach, a new strategy to help you step outside your comfort zone, rise to the challenge, and build confidence. It's really cool how he's got some hard science behind what it takes to do the scary stuff and just turbocharge your growth. So I hope you enjoy that one, and I catch you then. Peace. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.